right, welcome to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm Jordan Della Coleman. I'm joined by Tyler Walzak. Tyler, this is the last time you and I will see or hear from each other until like February. It's like 90 days or something. It's not actually that long, to be fair, considering these off seasons are getting shorter and shorter because of the number of races. But are you going to miss me every other Monday or every third Monday? I highly doubt that we won't be talking once a week. All right, all right, all right. It is also Tuesday, technically. So, (laughs) (laughs) really mailing in this late last, yeah, two weeks in a row, mailing in this final end of the season. But no, we had to prepare because this is a big episode for us. Obviously, that's why we took the extra day, right? Just to to cram, Uh, yeah, a little extra revisions, as they say. Um, This is our final episode of the 2023 season because we just had the final race of the 2023 season in Abu Dhabi, and. Uh, we will talk about that in a second. Following that, for those who are uh, interested, we will also do a full recap of this season. And it was a weird season, Tyler. It was not, um, you know, it, like we expected it to be uh, long. <laughs> it was supposed to be 23. It was supposed to be 23 uh, races. We actually ended up only getting 22 because we had a, a race canceled. Um, but regardless, it was a busy, it was a a, a long season. But as we get through the end of it, we will review it. Let's start with what we just had. Abu Dhabi, uh, definitely you and, and me are two massive fans of this track. We've only ever had positive experiences when it comes to races <laughs> Fuck here. you. Fuck you right um, away. Right away. <laughs> we can leave that part alone. But look, this race at least gave us a little bit of like end of season drama because there were things to be raced for. The whole weekend. The whole weekend I was excited about this because we talked about it at the preview. This is a Ferrari versus Mercedes race. We knew that going into the weekend. And then obviously like fourth to seventh in the driver standings was still up for grabs. But that that two and three spot was what we were what we I was what I was excited for. It's like what's gonna happen between that second uh P2 and the constructors, because there's a lot of money there, there's a lot of pride there, um, and there's a lot of drama that comes with those those switches. Um we ended up getting a very good race in terms of that drama playing out. And it wasn't, it wasn't in controversial fashion. It might have been in a little bit of a low event fashion, but it wasn't in controvent controversial fashion, which is all you can expect from Abu Dhabi. Absolutely, going forward, every time we fucking go there for the rest of our lives. Absolutely, we just want to get through without drama. I I don't know. I'm sure you did, but I, I wonder if you caught the the great quote from Toto Wolf prior to this race, where they had asked, like, "Are you worried at all about the fact that this is the second time you guys in recent history have gone into a." Uh, uh, Abu Dhabi with sort of like a, a constructor's race position place up up for grabs here with Ferrari. And he said, no, I'm not worried at all. We have a real race director this time around. Yo, so still some not, salt. That's great. Still some awesome. salt. Yeah, that is awesome. Because obviously, I mean, even in the previews last week, every time we talk about this race, that is going to be oh, the shadow. The bar. Yeah, hangs over and, it. and it's, I say this all the time. If Verstappen doesn't know that, then he's fooling himself as well. Yeah. So well, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but like that is what Abu Dhabi is and and will always be. Always be. It's the last race of the year. Until they switch it being the last race of the year, we will talk about this every single time. They talked about it in the broadcast, yeah. during qualifying and during the race. So it's it will always be talked about until it's no longer the last race of the year. Well, let's get to it then. So we start off with, I mean, is there any storylines coming out of practice or can we move right to qualifying? I mean, there was a little bit of, um practice with so many of the rookies and so many of the the backup drivers going so that would that would be the only thing if you dove into that then then awesome that is 
I love hearing people that say, yeah, I dove into F2 or FP2, FP3. Um, but it's, it's, it was very much not F1 drivers doing those laps. So the big one, uh, the big piece of the puzzle uh, that the, or the first sort of like big storyline of the, of the weekend is that out of qualifying in Q3, we lose Carlos Sainz. So that's the big piece. Cause again, we're Q1. talking really, pardon me, Q1. That's right. We lose him right off in the first cutoff because again, we're dealing with um, we're dealing with the Ferrari Mercedes fight. So that's yes, what really four matters. points, four exactly. points apart. Yeah. And so he's now starting uh, back in 16. That's a, a big storyline. So, you know, the pressure's on. But then we lose Hamilton in Q2. Yeah. So, and so now super, all of a sudden it's like evened out. <laughs> I was so angry after Q1 when we lost Science. I was like, that was that was the weekend. Yeah. The weekend was, the was, was Ferrari versus Mercedes. And hopefully all of them finished top six. And we see what happens. Once we lost Science, I was like, ah, oh, that's it. That's all it's going to be. But then, yeah, to your point, the next qualifying Q2, we lose Hamilton. It's like, okay, we got it. Yeah. We got it back again. We're back to this race. But before we go to Q2, Q1, Tsunoda was like second or third. Yeah, he was, he had a great, he had a great qualifying. And if they finished, they were, they were looking for um, P7 and constructors. That was their whole thing is they were trying to beat Williams for P7. Um, And he, what he was doing this weekend in qualifying was like, okay, maybe they actually have the car to do it. So watching that during Q1, Q2 was, that was, it's very exciting, but it could have went the other way. Like if signs didn't get signs, didn't get out of Q1. If without Hamilton getting out of Q, like if he went into Q3, this would have been a horrible, awful race to watch. But yeah, to your point, right away, Q2, Hamilton gone, gets it exciting again. Absolutely. And and that's the big piece of it is that uh, the minute every piece, you know, for me at least, it's all I was all I was watching for were those two guys. Like nobody else mattered. And yet yeah. Leclerc almost stole pole from Verstappen. He had a fantastic qualifying and that really was setting the tone being like, okay, so the Ferrari's got some great pace here. Russell, on the other hand, equally showed that there was more pace than what Lewis was there. So you have two teammates up at the top and you have two teammates down somewhere in the midfield. And it's like, okay, we're actually going to get an interesting Sunday out of this. Yeah. And then, and then back to the Sonoda thing, like qualified six, I have in my notes here, Oh my God! Is is Sunoda going to save the year for Alpha Tori? What a great qualifying! And then dot dot dot. He's going to be so mad when he crashes in that race. Because that's what he does. That's what he does. Whenever you think he's going to be good, that's what he does. But no, that was the qualifying was awesome because we had Sainz 16, Hamilton 11th, Leclerc two, Russell fourth. Like those were the two races. Yeah, Hamilton versus Sainz, Leclerc versus Russell. You don't need to focus on anything else. That is the season, other than Red Bull. Well. And yet the only other piece I do want to throw into that is that we're also talking about McLaren because McLaren has been the most, you know, first half versus second half team of the year. And the way that both of those drivers struggled in Vegas, but have performed here. I mean, Norris literally couldn't finish the race, but immediately they, they respond. And it's like, this is great. So, because the thing you look at this race and, and again, so much of it is determined. There's still a few things up for grabs. But you want to you want to try to like pull, I don't know, some optimism or some signs of hope for some of these other teams. Certainly, if you're not, you know, a Red Bull fan, and I also just want to say personally, if there are Red Bull fans out there that are listening to this show, like I, I have, I commend you because we just completely and utterly neglected your team because it's boring as hell to talk about. So, but thank they you know for that. listening. They know that. 
Red Bull fans know that. No, I don't think they do. I think they think the sun shines out their asses, but um, now they're definitely they want to hear, about, they want to hear about how Verstappen is amazing. If any of you have stuck week, around, then. if any of you have stuck around, we appreciate your patronage. Um, but yes, McLaren shows us signs of hope. As you say, like awesome to see uh, Sonoda up there. Uh, and then, you know, we've seen that both Ferrari and Mercedes are almost right there. Ferrari, like, I mean, the final time there for pole is like a hundredth of a second. Like it, yeah. the margins are very, very thin. Um, the other piece of this story is, is Perez doesn't qualify well. He, he's all the way back in ninth. And yeah. that's going to be a storyline come race day um, that he's starting so far back. But, um, but anyway, that's qualifying. Um, and it, it, it set us up for, you know, an, an interesting uh, Sunday, which is what all you could really have hoped for going into yeah. it. Especially with like, we know Verstappen is going to win this race. Yeah. So to, to barring have, like a first lap collision, like just imagine if this was like Leclerc, Russell, Hamilton, Ray behind Russell, and then signs back down. Like it was, it was honestly like, it sucks to see Hamilton do poorly in qualifying, but it saved our son. Oh, yeah. It, it gave us the storyline and the drama that we were looking for. Yeah, so let's get to exactly. the race itself. As you, as you said, it was kind of a foregone conclusion. We knew Max Verstappen was going to pull away if he got the, if he was able to hold on to the lead, which he did. Now I did think it was interesting for the first like four or five laps of this race. It was tight and it was tight for like, there was a fight at the front with Ferrari, but yeah. equally like all the way through the margins were there was no like you know usually there's like that kind of accordion effect that happens where like slowly the back guys drift away because they just can't stay close but for the first five or six laps it was like okay we're gonna get some tasty little battles here and it worked in the favor of guys like hamilton it worked in the favor of even guys like signs and paris because it was allowing them once they got into that third lap we had drs like there were some overtake opportunities early in a race when it matters and then right away too it became clear tire management is going to be everything here because the strategy well, I, was going to be the, the key piece. It was a weird race because the tires obviously this year are different than they were last year. And I said, going into this in my previews, this will be a one-stop race because it was last year um, amongst the leaders. But very, very quickly, we kind of knew that there was, this was going to end up being two because nobody had been able to practice because there were so many rookies and backup drivers doing free practice, nobody, and you only got two sets of hards. Nobody yeah. was on the hards during practice. So nobody knew what they were going to do. So all of a sudden they started putting them on and realized that like, yes, you you will be significantly faster on new set of hards, but they're not going to last as long as you want them to last. Um, but you're right. Like the first five, six laps, like Leclerc had Verstappen almost in two turns there. Um, and then the DRS train for the first five, six laps was from, from P2 to P12, everybody was in DRS zone. Uh, sorry. So it would have been like the third lap to like the sixth lap because it doesn't start to the second. But um, very, very, very close, exciting stuff to start this race. Um, you thought Leclerc had him for a little bit, but once you knew he didn't, wasn't going to get him in the first six, that's when Verstappen pulled away. Um, let's go to lap 15 because a very significant thing happened on lap 15 that will determine the fate of everybody in the constructors and that is Lando Norris had a very bad stop. I think it was four seconds. Yeah. Uh, four or five seconds, something like that. That let Russell get ahead of him. Yeah. So Russell only beat Norris by a hundredth of a second. Oh, that was qualifying. Sorry. Let me go to the race results here. My apologies. Everybody listening. Can't be perfect. Can't be perfect. Russell had Norris by three seconds. So yep. that four or five second stop 
changes drastically changes the entire constructor's position for this. Um, and I noted it because I was like, that that might come back one of those times where like that might not talked about, but might come back to haunt a bunch of people in this race. Um, it was, you know, it was a it was a very exciting first 20 laps of this race. For sure. And as you, as you say, like the, the pit strategy was going to become critical. Uh, the teams deciding when and how they were going to pit. We had a couple of the front runners stay out a little longer than I think um, they wanted to, but it was all about track position, which we know is a factor here in yeah. Abu Dhabi. We don't have to go into that. Um, but the big storyline for me for the early part of this race was once again, Yuki Tsunoda, who I, was yeah, thank you for so... Overachieving in what yeah. we'd expected out of that car, and a team that I we're going to talk more about AlphaTauri later in our recap of the season because there's a there's some things to talk about there. But this is easily his best race of the year. He yes. he nursed those tires the first stint, and then like was in what was consequential in how everything else played out, regardless of where he finished. Now he obviously finishes eighth. He's in the points, which for Sonoda is actually something to noted but he's up amongst the leaders for a yeah. significant portion he of led the race. race for three or four laps yeah and i don't know if you noticed this in the broadcast but it you know they have the like the the chiron or the the font that comes up at the top new race leader and they announce yeah. who it is he was like five laps into leading by the like or three laps into yeah. leading i don't know how I long he was but, but then they put it up and i was like is that because it was so far down in the playlist that the that the operator couldn't even find Sonoda yeah. as the leader because he never in his wildest dreams thought that would be the font he had to pull up and be prepared to play. He probably has five or six guys ready to go and he had to pull up and make a new one for, for 100%. Yuki. Now, here's the thing. Let's talk about just Yuki's race day. Sure. Um, and let's kind of boil that down because awesome start, stayed up there, obviously after the 20th or but I don't know, between 20 and 30 or something like that. He yeah. was the race leader. Once Verstappen pitted, Yuki took um, race yeah. lead. Now, we all knew he wasn't going to keep it, but they stayed out for one stop. And when there was about 20 laps left, everyone was saying, like, why should Yuki come in? Should Yuki not come in? And they talked to um, somebody and they said, well, he's probably going to wait for a safety car. Yeah. That's what the strategy is going to be. At what point in all of these races, and this is kind of a question for you, especially this race, when you know that this race doesn't look like there's going to be a safety car. Everybody's kind of spaced out enough where they're not. We had one little collision where we do thought- Do I have to remind you of 2021? Do I have like, to remind you? But like at some 40% point- 40% chance at sure. this track. But if you're Sonoda, if you're, if you're Sonoda, you can't just stay there just falling behind everybody. You got to make a bold move. To try to because you like he finished eighth. If he made a bold move, maybe he's sixth. Like not knowing that there's not going to be a safety car. But at this point in the race, I'm going, I'm screaming at the TV, like there's not going to be a safety car. There's there's Lance Stroll seems to be doing fine. There's no Latifi. There's not going to be a safety car. So let's get Sunoda in. Let's get fresh tires on him. Let's see if he can make the time back up because that is the most exciting part of the bottom four constructor championship is what can he do and he was having a great day i was rooting for him and it's just i just wanted them to be a little more aggressive with their strategy instead of waiting for a safety car well okay. my disappointment with them that's fair now the challenge i would argue they were clean for 45 the race was clean for 45 of 58 laps when i started thinking about this yeah well okay so it's a yuki thing but the bigger question for me is why didn't 
when, why did Ferrari not pull the trigger on signs at all? Like they were the ones who truly were gambling and literally lost. He didn't yeah. finish because they didn't get both. They didn't get both sets of tires on him. So like he, he DNFs zero points in a constructor's fight that matters strictly because they 100% went all in on a late safety car that never came. And at some point you have to, as you say, like abandon that plan and, and pivot. And now they had already gone past the point of no return in terms of where he was perhaps, but it, it did feel like that was an odd strategy call whenever it was made. And yet somehow the most Ferrari strategy call you could possibly have. It's, it's, I will talk about Ferrari in our, our review in strategy calls. So I got something to say about that, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like this, it was so frustrating from, I, like I said, the qualifying with signs to up until right now with signs on this race is, is a very frustrating thing to want to, I want to see Ferrari do well. Sure. The, just, sport, never, the sport benefits from it. Never happens though. It, it never, and what needs to change? They've changed directors. They've changed head of departments. Yeah, and the drivers seem to be like, well, again, we'll talk about it later. But what I just don't understand what the flaw is there. I don't understand where what is going wrong. Um, but a bad last two weekends for Carlos Sainz, like, is is uh, they dropped him from his even his personal standings in the race from P four to P six behind Leclerc. He was ahead of Leclerc pretty much all year. This last two weekends. Put him back down to P6, Leclerc P4. Like, yeah, brutal. You've got to be so disappointing if you're Carlos Sainz right now. For sure. Let's talk about um, how the, the battle with Ferrari and Mercedes ended up being decided in the end, because that was the most exciting end of the, uh, of the, you know, that was as good an ending as you could have hoped for considering everything. So we get yeah. Perez streaking up, Sainz is falling back because he's losing all of that position so it's very clear that this is going to really come down to how russell and how close russell can get to leclerc uh, who's in second following max and russell had a fantastic race give russell full credit for the fact that he had pretty much the onus of this second place on his shoulders because of where lewis was now lewis i would make an argument did a very good job considering he was stuck in a couple of DRS trains and he was in and amongst those midfield guys to at least make sure he was in points and then get as many points as he could. He made a couple good late overtakes to get himself into that position, but he comes away with four points. We're dealing with a situation where for George, it's like he, he was, at, I think at one point in like sixth and Toto Wolf came on. I was like, dude, you got a podium here. Like you need to go and you need to trust that this is going to work. And I, I think George was just so, it was, it was a great moment for George who had a, a bit of a, I would argue a bit of a regression in terms of form this season over last, because last season outperformed Lewis, you know, fantastic, um, just fantastic overall out there, gets a, get some podiums is able to just like, we had him down as our like driver of the year uh, in terms of last season's results. But for me, he just has, he was not quite the same driver this year. Uh, and maybe that's because they had to tailor the car that chose to tailor this year's car a little bit more as they developed it towards Lewis's needs. Cause you know, last year was so bad. 
Um, but this was really a great moment for Russell with Mercedes to say like, don't worry guys, I'm going to get us this. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do this. I'm going to put us yeah. in a position to do it. And then again, as I say, we get to the end, Perez overtakes, but Perez is carrying a five second penalty. I wondered first, if we should talk about that with the incident there with him and, and, and it's Lando, right. That he made contact with. Am I misremembering? I honestly can't remember. I thought it was an Alpine, but I don't, I don't know if it was. Anyway, the contact is, no, I think it was Lando. Anyway, he he kind of turned in on him, but he didn't give him room on the outside. And it was one of those like. He didn't turn. He didn't it turn. Didn't, it felt he very clear cut to me, at least. And but, he wasn't ahead either. He can say he was ahead all he want, wants, yeah. but he was not ahead. Yeah. That's like, it was a clear five second penalty to me. Um, I get where his frustration comes in, but no, it's, and I think now that I'm looking back on it, I think it was Lando Norris, yeah. but um, he 1000% did not give enough room for both of them to make that turn. So, and he was behind, he was not in front. That's right. So he's carrying this five second penalty, which means he's now got to really get the boogie on and get ahead of Russell and get ahead of Leclerc. If he's going to try to get to the podium, he's going to have to create a five second gap. George does a fantastic job sticking with him to the point where Leclerc now is playing strategy in the cockpit and give Charles Leclerc some credit. This guy is Brilliant. thinking like three-dimensional chess. Now we've seen this a couple of times. This year. If you remember, we had signs with drawback to keep DRS in position to get, you know, a win in early. Well, this, this-, this is what I was saying that we're going to talk about later is that the, it's weird that the Ferrari strategy as a whole is always gar- a whole is always garbage, but we've had two moments in this year. We've, we've, probably seen the best strategy out of the drivers drivers, individual drivers this race with leclerc to which you're about to talk to and then the race with signs which we'll talk about in the the review of the season but those two drivers have had the best strategies to get them to maybe it didn't work out for leclerc this race but you can continue with what you're saying now well it was just such a great yeah it was just such a great moment of recognizing the situation he's doing the math in his head he's trying to figure out how he's going to maximize the points for his team because like Russell, the pressure is now all on him and he knows that he's got this charging Mercedes behind him. So he decides to drop back, not only drop back, let's Perez overtake him knowing full well, he's not actually giving up position. That was a mistake though. That was the mistake. If I, sorry to mean to cut you off, but he let Perez overtake him immediately. Whereas if he knows he has the faster car than Perez. So if he had just dragged Perez for maybe a lap and then both of them come up with that time, then he can let him pass. Yeah, and let him go I think ahead. the challenge was, I think, to be honest with you, I think Charles Leclerc, in his mind, was sacrificing second. He was prepared to take third and create a five-second gap. He just didn't leave himself enough time to do it. I don't think, in his mind, there was another, like, because doing that is fine, but George would have been right behind them with DRS too, and you're creating a DRS train. What, not, if, was, not if he was faster. He knew he was faster well, than both. It, 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 both it was a question of if he was trying to prevent George from overtaking, or if he was just trying to create the gap. Just trying to create the gap, but you create a gap with, with both of you and Perez together. Yeah, but what I'm saying so is George would have been tracking behind them. No, George no, would Perez, have been with no, At that time, George didn't have DRS on Perez. So both okay. of you go together for okay. one lap, just one lap, not one turn, one lap, both of you fast together, yeah, yeah, then yeah, okay. slingshot him yeah, yeah, yeah. around. That's, and That's then some complicated strategy. <laughs> well, hey, listen, I'm just a guy that watches F1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what I was more surprised with, like Charles could have just like sandbagged him. Like he could have really slowed down. But then I think he was worried about getting a penalty. Well, he if he finished third and Russell was fourth, then he, Russell, the Mercedes still would have won. He had to finish two fourth. So there you go. 
It still yeah. didn't work. <laughs> yeah, still didn't work. But awesome, the mind behind him. He was trying to figure it out, trying Perez, to figure out what was going on. And he's on, like, yeah. listen, if Perez is like, we can, we can do this. And he dropped back four seconds within like four turns. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So we end up, as I say, uh, it ends up being a Max Leclerc Russell podium. Um, uh, Paris dropping back because of the penalty, as I said. Both of the LP, pardon me, both of the McLarens finishing five six, which is great for them. So what it really turns into, and and this is what we'll you know we can kind of wrap this one up as we prepare to start talking about the rest of it. But what it leads to is what we get as our final, both drivers and constructors. So Max is obviously the clear front winner of it all. Sergio in second, which is big for him. Um, Lewis comes in third. Uh, Fernando, Charles, Norris, Sainz, Russell, Oscar. We don't have to go through the whole list, but Lance Stroll, I think yeah. is the one to note. He's in 10th place. Let's talk about the constructors though. Cause that was what this was all about. Mercedes ekes out, uh, the unnecessary three points, uh, which is why it was huge that that um, uh, Lewis got the four points because that was really the difference maker in yeah. the end. Um, but he gets up there for second. So Mercedes finishes two, uh, Ferrari finishes three, McLaren four, Aston Martin five, Alpine six, Williams, Alpha Tori, Alpha Romeo, Haas, respectively. Um, Williams is the one to note there. Williams it is, and we sh- and I think we will talk about that shortly. But let's just wrap this race up. Any final thoughts before we leave Abu Dhabi? Before yeah, we hand out some awards, again with the the directors of the television, you are on for Stappen putting a hat on for three minutes after he's won the championship. We in the background, it's it's literally Verstappen putting his hat on, drinking water in the background. We see Russell get out of his car knowing very well what Leclerc has tried to do him, do to him. He gets out. He walks to Leclerc. They don't follow that because that's what I want to see because Russell had a smile on his face. He knows what Leclerc tried to do. Couldn't make it happen. I want to see that embrace. I want to see the like, hey, that was a grading, yeah, totally. like a great uh, sporting move you just did, but I we were just a little bit better. Like, because I, I don't want to see, we, we've seen enough of Verstappen. I don't want to see him put a hat on at the end. I want to see the actual, um, like drama unfold, so to say, even though it wasn't dramatic, those guys were just very happy for each other, but it was what I wanted to see at the end. Some something about these TV directors needs to change. I hate it. Fair enough. I hate Fair it. Fair enough. Um, let's hand out some hardware for this race. Uh, as we do, I just want to also make a couple quick notes for us. Uh, so I went back through. Uh, we're, we're going to do some season-wide uh, awards, but while we finish this one off, uh, we have some interesting statistics that are starting to form in terms of who's winning these awards. And we do have like a clear-cut favorite from the have stats. Have you gone back? Yeah, have yeah. Back I just went, yeah, yeah. Just who we've been handing them out to. We have a clear favorite. And I'm not going to tell you who it is yet because I want to see when we get to like our driver of the year conversation, whether this name comes up. But we have some statistics to at least be backing up some of our decisions. Okay. So this is our last one. Now. This is no, the nervous. last one to add to that pot. So I'm prepared to add to it if it turns out that way. But I'll start with this. Who for you is uh, your driver of the day for Abu Dhabi 2023? George Russell. Interesting. He, I was actually going to go. I was going to go with Sonoda. <laughs> oh, well, you can give it to Sonoda. But what George Russell did to get Mercedes into P2 constructors and knowing what he had to do the entire race based off where Hamilton was starting was yeah. easily for me, driver 
driver of the day. All right. I like it. I'm not going to argue with that. That's no, that's one. your guy. Yes. One of your guys. All right. We'll go with George Russell. Sounds great. Um, <laughs> who's our not so driver of the day or weekend? Oh, yeah, it has to be Carlos. He just completely fails all to give to his do. team anything. And ironically, average day, average been day the more consistent driver for this team. And he just and doesn't show up. I'm such a huge, like, like I want, I, oh, I hate that. I want Ferrari to do well. And I want Leclerc to do well, and I want Science to do well, but at the same time, it's like I, I can't cheer for you. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, all all Science needed to do was have an average day, just an average day. Yeah. Just go out there and hit par. That's all you had to do. Nope, couldn't do that. Couldn't give do me, that. Uh, give me your uh, overtake of the race. Uh, I have one here, but I, I got Hamilton over Signs as overtake of the day, just because it was very good but I don't have anything that's a notable one for me. Yeah. It was a pretty lackluster overtaking race for yeah. the most part. Uh, I think I had one that was an Alonzo overtake at one point. Cause he had a pretty decent race too, but, but yeah. Um, oh yeah. He had a great race. Okay. We can go with that. So it'll be Lewis over signs. This is going well for Mercedes today. Um, <laughs> I can I have... say anything Mercedes. You'd be like, yeah, for sure. That's All right. Who, that's what is your radio call of the race? It's Mercedes. It's I have when... audio for this one. Okay, I do think you. we're it's, on the it, same one. I'm going to play it. You tell me if this is the same one. I'm going to play it. The audio. an F-bomb you... dropped in it. I know yeah, that. Yeah, here, here we go. Uh, Lewis gets it on. Yeah, he's doing a good job at the moment. Right? right. So, so George yeah. goes, how's Lewis getting on? He goes, yeah, he's doing pretty good. He's having a fight. He's like, what the hell? What the F does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> we're in a fight for the championship right now. I need to know how we're getting on. Like, he's like, give me some information here. I need to know what I'm working with. And uh, it was pretty, it's classic George Russell. It's very cool to me. And I, like, this is something that I'll, because we're not race car drivers. Um, that I'll, Wait, what? I'll, yeah, I know. I know. We never will Shocking. be either. We never will Shocking. be either. To be able to have the mindset to, you, you are taking every turn at like 200 kilometers an hour. And you're still, there's other things on your mind. Yeah, just, and we saw that with Alonzo being like, hey, I saw, uh, I saw Stroll with a good pass there on the turn 11. And now you're seeing, like, or hearing Russell go, how's Lewis doing? Like, the fact that you can think about anything else other than not blinking and not missing your turning points, as man, I, it's always so incredible to me. Well, but again, think about the 3D chess Leclerc's playing. Like these guys, these guys' brains are firing at a very That's impressive exactly clip. Right, yeah. And uh, you're right. I mean, George is trying to play the same thing here. He's trying to do the same thing here, where he's trying to identify uh, what the math is on it, right? So that he can make those determinations too, in terms of how much do I have to push or where can I, you know, where do I need to get this place to? Um, yeah. Or maybe I think he was just looking for some reassurance that it was still something to be fought for because he was doing everything he could. Oh, yeah. It's, he you gotta go. It's gotta also gotta like know you're going to Sunday with your teammate sixteenth and starting grid is like it's just me this weekend. It's just me. It's gotta all right. Kind of suck. I feel like we've done the best we can with Abu Dhabi. Let's take a quick break and then we will get to our uh, season recap. Hey, football fans! The Ordinary Podcasting Network is very excited to welcome back for its second season, running down the clock. Presented by Puya Ricey and Tyler Walzak. These two football fans will sit down with you every Thursday of the NFL schedule to talk football. You can subscribe to Running Down the Clock anywhere you get your podcast. It's time for mail. Okay, before we get to our season recap really quickly, we have our last 
uh, mail box, box, box question oh, of the year. You didn't tell me the question. I know. I told you I couldn't tell you the question because you have to be able to do this one just off the cuff. That's the idea. And you can you can push back. glasses of wine. Well, then the, you, you seem limbered up and ready to go. It, I'm asking you this question. I am the questioner for this one. All right. Um, you get to go back this season and relive one moment from the season. What for you is your highlight of the year? And then not like best race. We're going to talk about all those things later, but like highlight, whether it's like a single overtake or a single moment from a specific race, what was for you the highlight of the year? Carlos signs winning, but not just winning in Singapore, the way he won, the way he, he drove a uh, drug dragged, dragged Lando Norris along and his DR, DRS to ensure that he's faster than George Russell um, to win at the Marina Bay circuit is yeah. by far, by far the best part of uh, as, as like a, a formula one fan. Now you, we could easily just go to Gasly on the podium at the sprint race, but, Without that, like, if I'm not being biased, if 100% Carlos signs in that moment. That's awesome. That's a good one. I will answer for you as well, unless you want to ask me a different question. No, I, ask you, I'm going to ask you the same question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually <laughs> did prepare because I knew the question. The um, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mine is, mine is a, a bit more, um, it's a bit broader because it's not a specific moment. It's more sort of like a, an event or something that kind of happened through the year. But for me, the, the fact that we got a tiny taste of what Liam Lawson is going to be was really, really cool. I yeah. have huge expectations for when he finally gets a seat permanently. Cause this guy had one of the best sort of in uh, like replacement um, debuts we've ever seen. Uh, he came in with absolutely no time to spare. You know, I listened to him on another conversation um, about the experience of like being called up and basically being like, Hey, Daniel broke his wrist. And he's sitting in the pit being like, I think I'm the next guy up, like not yeah. <laughs> completely sure. And then of course his phone rings and he's like, get your ass down here. They're ready for you. And he had no time to learn the steering wheel. Like nothing. I think I told this story on this yeah, podcast. Already. He, did, yeah. he got the straw up the nose on his yeah. first lap, <laughs> formation lap. And like could have gone terribly. And yet scored points, had a great start to the year. Like, Definitely one of those guys who had, uh, you know, his, his dream was to get to formula one. He had a tiny little cup of coffee, but he made the most of it. And I am yeah. sure we're going to see more of him. And that's exciting for me. I hope so. I hope all so. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to, it. we got lots to cover here. Um, for those who are new to the show, we did this, we began this tradition last year. We have, in fact, this kind of was the, 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 jumping off point for these weekly awards, but we, we hand out some hardware at the end of the season uh, to give our, you know, give our memories a, a good shake and see how much we can actually recall. I got uh, something for you before that. Okay. Yeah. yeah go I'm ready for you. It's okay. I'm getting um, my notes ready ahead. anyway. So go ahead. There you go. Perfect. So I have in front of me the breakdown of what the drivers are paid versus Ooh. the points they got. So if you had to guess from driver 20 to one, who has the lead who who cost the most based on their salary per point yeah. okay and I have who to is just the most efficient the, per point i'm just going to pull up the standings yeah so just pull I up the the driver's driver standings. standings okay so i have that here in front of me so what i'm looking for is where the biggest disparity is where do you yeah who do you think is the most expensive driver to have based on the amount of points they had versus the driver that's that is the least expensive per point they earned on 
the well max has to be the highest paid driver he is he is one of the highest paid drivers yes he's not the highest paid driver uh lewis the highest paid driver uh there's uh doesn't matter wait i have it in front of me it's 55 million for max i'll tell you that 53 for Lewis. So Max is the highest paid. And, and as he should be, he is the highest yes. earner of points. That makes sense. Okay. So the question is who has the highest salary with the lowest points? I'm looking here now. Lowest salary with the highest points. Oh, 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 I see. That's your number one. So who highest overachieved? Salary. Yeah. Who, like, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Who best bang for your buck, basically? I got them all in front of me. And there's. Okay. The guess I'm going to take. Well, okay. So my question is like, are they in the top ten? Trying to look here. Yeah. So is it is it like it's either? I mean, I don't know what Alonzo's so making. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the top three are not in either of the top three constructors. Right. Yeah. No, I assumed that. I was actually okay. So my first guess was going to be Oscar Piastri. That's number one. Twenty thousand right? dollars per point is what they yeah. thought. What that's McLaren fantastic did. because again, fantastic. he's a rookie. Yep. Okay, so that one points. makes sense. What is Gasly making? So Gasly is a good one. Gasly's, I would say P eight if we want to go with that. He is eight okay. in per point, eighty thousand dollars per point for a Pierre Gasly. Okay, so the other one has to be Alex Albon has to be in there too, right? See, I thought he'd be higher than he was. He's twelve. Okay. He's $111,000. Well, he only had 27 points. Okay, yeah, so then still, is it, I mean, I don't know. What is Norris making? I was a little disappointed in him as well. But he's making a lot of money. Okay. He okay, was okay, a 10. Okay. okay. He was ahead of, ahead Lance of Stroll. Esteban Ocon at 11. Max Verstappen's 9. Okay. Lando's Lan- 10. Lance, Lance Stroll's third. $27,000 okay. per point. So he actually is earning his keep. Well, yeah, dad doesn't pay him much. He knows well, he knows what his value is. Piastri's okay. one. This, I'll give you a one. Piastri's one. Two. Okay, so it's be- so Piastri, and then the guy who's between Piastri and Stroll. Yes, it's a good feel-good story. Did you say? I think so. He is says he's had the second best year of his life. Oh, oh, that's Alonzo. There you go. Okay, number two, twenty-four thousand dollars. Alonzo making? Oh my god! He's only making five million dollars. Crazy. Fernando that's Alonso. What it has here as a planetf1.com. I like that. That's a great stat. All right, cool. I thought it was a little fun thing to do. Sorry to so, interrupt your... No, no, that's okay. So let's just reverse engineer it for a second. Who's the most underachieving high-paid guy? Okay, this is actually... There's one person I was disappointed in. Um, but I mean, Kevin Magnuson's last at 20. He'd make $1.666 million per point. Jesus. Valtteri Bottas was the guy I was a little disappointed in. He's well, he, only has three million. he only has three points. <laughs> one, yeah, one point per mil or one million dollars per point is what for, him. for magnuson for, for botas magnuson he's making 10 mil making 10 mil yeah and yeah. he gotta drive better then logan Sargent, 18 danny ricciardo uh then zhao yeah, well, lewis hamilton 15th yeah. two hundred twenty-nine thousand dollars per point he's making a lot of money and not yeah that team's yeah i mean uh, yeah the team then but then you got hulkenberg then you got your big guys like leclerc yeah. Um, coming in because they're making more money, not getting enough points out of it. But I, I love that. I like that. I That's a fun it. stat. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good quantifiable thing too to look at in terms of like some of these awards we're going to hand out here, which are tricky because you can't just go off of standings. You can't just go off 
like the eye test. It, it, you yeah. got to kind of find those, like, what is it? Like the, the advanced metrics to figure some of these out. There's an advanced metric right there. All right, let's yeah, do go. it. Here's our year end awards. Uh, these are the same awards we handed out last year. Uh, I don't think I'm adding any, but maybe I am. Um, actually I do have one new award, but we're not going to vote on that one. This is going to be based on, uh, how we handed, handed out some hardware. Okay. Um, all right. Oh yeah. Like that. Let's talk about that. let's talk about rookie of the year. I think this one's going to be unanimous and pretty straightforward. Uh, it has to be Oscar Piastri. I agree. Yeah, it can't be anybody else. Like, there's not no, even a conversation. Ninth in driver standings. Uh, this is also where this last, is also where I will eat race. some crow. I I I made a very bold take at the beginning of this year that I had high expectations for Logan Sargent and he was nothing. Lord, so that's that a that I would a bad say runner up, runner up, Liam Lawson. Yeah, who didn't even think would be on the grid? Yeah, no, yeah. never heard of him before. All right, so we can agree on that. Oscar Piastri, you are our rookie of the year. Let's talk about. Uh, we're just going to jump right to it because I, I, for me, it's kind of boring. Uh, let's talk about a, the best driver. Now, this is not, this is not like you know, the man of the year award. This is not overall. This is just strictly based on results. Best driver. I mean, it has to be Max Verstappen. At least that's my nominee. Do you have anybody else you'd like to somehow challenge this I man? I don't with? even think we need to talk about him. Probably going to go down as one of the best driving seasons of all time for Formula One. Okay, so I appreciate you saying we don't have to talk about it, but I think that there, we haven't talked about him at all this year. <laughs> and as someone who dislikes this man immensely, I will at least give him the credit he deserves. I'm going to quickly let, list his accomplishments for the year, and then we don't have to talk about him again. They do it every race broadcast. Well, now it's done and it's dusted, so here's all of it. Okay. He has the most wins in a season at 19, the most podiums in a season at 21, the most points in a season at 575, most laps led in a season, 1,003, highest win percentage in a season, 86%, highest percent of laps led in a season, 75%, most consecutive wins at 10, most wins from pole in a season, 12, most consecutive wins from pole, 16, Biggest points gap between first and second, 290. Most consecutive races as the championship leader. Most consecutive points scored at 1,004. Most consecutive top two finishes, 15. Most hat tricks in a season, uh, pole fastest lap and race win at six. Most pit stops by the winning driver, six, <laughs> which is a weird stat. Very weird. Uh, only driver... To win three times in one country in a season. The USA is the first time we've had three races in one country. So he gets that. Highest average points per race at 13.9. Most races left in a season after securing the championship six. Most records made in a single season. Look, he will go down as one of the greatest drivers of all time. There is no question about that. He is, in my eyes, still only a two-time champion with a third that's an asterisk that will also not change in my mind but i will give him full credit when you look at the disparity between him and his teammate in the same hardware yeah there's not even a question about his skill because clearly that car is not easy to drive or perez should have been second every single time and he wasn't um he struggled in it max made it look easy he made it look effortless and that car was basically an extension of his person. So give Adrian Newey credit, give the team credit for the build, but give him full credit for driving the hell out of it. There you go. I'm done. I don't have to talk about Max Verstappen until February. We either lost a lot of listeners or we gained a bunch. I don't know. 
there's a funny there's a funny one with that like that's a long list i was i was watching a I don't know if it was like a TNT broadcast, something Gretzky was on recently. And he made a joke about how he was going to some charity dinner or whatever. And his son was supposed to introduce him. And his, he was trying to get all of his stats and all of his records. And he's like, dad, sorry, how many points did you have? Or like, which, which how many records, which is it? And, and, and Gretzky's like, just, just say, I won a lot. Like just <laughs> at, at this point, it's just easier. Like the holder of too many, too many records to count. And it's the same yeah. for Max at this point. Like it's silly to talk about because it, it literally is silly how successful he was this year. Dominant he was uh, this year. And as a team for Red Bull, obviously the same thing. So I'll ask. Doesn't that make question. it more frustrating that, that he didn't need that stupid decision by the race directors at Abu Dhabi in like 2021 that he's, we knew he was going to be what he is now and just let Lewis Hamilton without you guys cheating and fixing it to yep. just have his championship. We it's the knew, sliding doors. It's the sliding doors thing, right? It's like, does he win? Does he, does that not, does it break him though? Is winning that the, the, the cork out of the bottle that now he's free to flow. You know what I mean? Like that's the question, but I, 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 I also agree with you. He probably was going to have the same success he's had now. Regardless, knew. So. Everyone knew that car was going to be the next big thing and that yeah. it was going the other way. Red Bull was coming up. Mercedes was going down. So the fact that they just gave it to him based off of that was like, it's still, it, I will yeah. never, one of the biggest sports moments of my life that I will never, ever, ever, ever forgive. I agree. I'll, I'll, yeah. That day, I think I called you like nine times that yeah, day. I was, I was so, yeah. I was perplexed. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's our best driver. Can we also just get this out of the way? What's our best team of the year? It can't be anybody other than Red Bull. I won't know. Whoa, I have a different. I have a oh, I, boy. Yeah. Oh boy. What do you think? Red Bull's the best up? team of the year. I think they're the team of the year. They they won Why? all but one race. Yeah, but that's just him. No, he beat Perez won two team. races. He beat every other team. His sure. stats alone, his points sure. alone, beat every other True. team. Verstappen had five hundred twenty-five points. Mercedes had four hundred nine. I would give it to Mercedes. For because we knew that Verstappen, just Verstappen alone, that is not a team. Verstappen has never wanted to be a team. He never will be a team. He will be Verstappen. Mercedes being able to get and in a car they all hate. Everybody on that Mercedes team hates this car. And they were both, both Hamilton and Russell. Whenever someone had a bad day, the other one would come together to have a good day. Whenever somebody had like a, like two good days, it was just like the team was like, this car sucks, but we pulled it out. We pulled it out. This was a team. Red Bull is not a team. Red Bull is Verstappen. They are not a team because Perez cannot handle his. So, but for how many years, how many years was Mercedes just Lewis Hamilton? We're talking about this year. Okay. But I'm just pointing out. Here's the, Botas, here, with him with Botas? Sometimes. Sometimes. There are a couple sometimes. of those years. Go back and look at some of the stats in like 2019, 2018. Botas is in there for a couple of those races, but he's not there the whole way. Even at the end of 2021, it's all Lewis, really. Like well, Botas even did, couldn't help him at the end of that. Did you season. and I give away awards then? No. No, Fine. well, this is this is a new here's my only pushback on it. Here's my only pushback on it. I don't think you can give Mercedes best team of the year if it's the first time since they've been a constructor they did not win a race. Yeah, but 575 points for Verstappen, then then it's 409 for Mercedes. And Paris is still the second best driver, so clearly the team did something right. No, I'm giving it to Mercedes. That team had nothing do, but problems. What do we, what do, we do? Flip a coin for this? What is our tie break here? 
There's no tiebreaker. You're allowed to have your opinion, and my opinion is just right. I know, but we have to pick one. Somebody gets the award. If that's how awards work. Otherwise, <laughs> we wouldn't have finished 2021. We would have had two constructors titles, two championship titles. Somebody's got to win this, Tyler. Uh, I mean, where's Michael Massey when you need a close call? You're going to give it to best team, then you got to give it to the stupid Red Bull team right. based off just like I appreciate and I, I like your uh, willingness to try to see a different perspective on it. But for me, I don't, I mean, look, I think the RB19 I've been might saying be this the forever. greatest car in F1 history. And I think that that's, it will go down as one of the greatest cars of all time, if not the greatest. And that for me is the team part of it done and dusted. They built an absolute rocket ship. Nobody could get close to. They stopped developing this car in August and people couldn't get close to it. Listen, I've been saying forever that if you are watching Formula One just for whoever wins the race, you are not going to enjoy okay. it. There are a lot of other awards that are going to do with that. Let's get these guys <laughs> out of the way. I don't have I don't have Max anywhere else on this list. I don't have Red Bull anywhere else on this list. Neither do I. All right, let's move Actually, on. Actually, I do. I do. Oh, but continue. Boy. All right, well, let, let, we'll get there when we get there. So best drivers out of the way. Rookie of the year is out of the way. Best team is out of the way. Next up, we have worst driver. For me, Wait, I would like worst driver or worst. Oh yeah, no worst wait. driver and worst team, just like we did best driver and best team. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, you skip. I sorry, I thought you were gonna go best driver, worst driver. Continue on with what you're doing. I'm all fired up over here. Okay, you're right. I skipped. I I I, I went from best to best, and I won't do that again. I'll stick. No, with the it's category. fine. No, no, it's I like. But I, like I wanted to get them out of the way. All right, let's like go it. with worst driver. I would like to nominate Nick DeVries. Yeah, that's all I got to. <laughs> Because, and I don't look, want to pick on him. I don't want to pick on him. The only other person you could put in this conversation would be Logan Sargent, but I feel like that's piling on. At least he finished and didn't get fired. Yeah. I mean, it's zero points for Nick DeVries. Lost his spot. Like, yeah. constantly seemed like he was driving behind the curve. Like, it's his first time on the track. Yeah, um, I hope rough. he gets a chance again. Maybe, he like, he goes down to F2 yeah, he's and not wins get it, like, chance. two years in a row. If he goes down to F2, wins it two years in a row. It's too old. The guy's, like, almost 30. He's not. I he's know. not going There's back so down much to hype F2. around him. They didn't. They they wouldn't let Gasly leave until they were confident in the driver that would replace him, and that didn't work out for them. Maybe we're all lucky that Ricciardo gets this spot. I think we maybe are. that's the silver lining with Nick DeVries being awful. All right, here's one I think we may have differing opinions on. I'm curious to see where you come down on this. Let's talk about worst team of the year. I so it can't I, just be the worst team based on points. I've been punching on these guys for years now. Oh, okay. Who is that? It is based on it points. It's a Haas. Okay. How are you still going to let Gunther control this team? At what point is he the problem? And uh, we well, know he is Gene, the problem. <laughs> Gene, Gene Haas he is, is not selling this team anymore because he was going to sell this team in 2022. Then they changed the point format where now if you finish lower, you will get more money. So he's getting nothing but profit off this. Like Haas is going to be around for a while. The team sucks. The drivers aren't great. I don't hate them, but they're not exciting anymore. Yeah. It just needs, if they shook everything up, then I'd be like, okay, okay. maybe we have some hope for these guys. So you went the Red Bull route here where you just went strictly on the standings like I did. So I, I no, may have I to concede this one to yeah. you. I may have yeah, to concede this one to you, but I'd like to make a second nomination because I think that based on expectation now we can talk about disappointed comes later i know that so maybe this team fits there better yeah for we that. have disappointing but, later yeah all right I'll, I'll keep my powder dry they can be best at most disappointing team i'll go with Haas. that's fair i'm excited to hear what you're gonna say though now i was gonna go with alpha tori what 
expectation-wise and what this team is supposed to be, they, they, they had a miserable year. I know. I know. And look how that went. Yeah, I mean, but how could their expectations be higher when they got rid of their best driver? Yeah, I think they were the worst team, but I think Haas uh, had a worse season. So I'll go with you. They are the worst team. Haas, you are the worst team. Um, <laughs> we got a lot to get through here. I got to keep this moving. We're going to be here all night. Ah, it's the last episode. Everybody wants more content. Told you this before. Yeah, I believe you. Most improved driver. Okay, so there's... I've got three guys, but I'm I'm oh. just gonna go with one because you gotta pick one guy. You do. Lando Norris. Yep. Okay. Seven podiums, 30 of the 176 laps led. That was not a Red Bull. Um comfortably always point scoring alongside his teammate. Um, he still didn't win, but it's gonna come. Uh, especially in that second half. Like I I don't know who else would get most improved driver other than Lando Norris. So, I have another guy, but we're no, I'm gonna put okay. that with that's good. I also just team. realized I I I was gonna do something during this and I forgot to do it. I was gonna see if you could guess who we would pick last year because there's also some of these that connect to these things. So let me let me just do that really quickly with this one. For do you do you do you want to take a guess who we thought was the most improved driver last season? I know you uh, haven't gone back to look at this. So I I no, we had Charles Leclerc. Oh yeah, that's uh, wow. That's most wild. improved because he had such a bad year the year before. We thought he was going to win the whole I know. thing. I know. Do you want to guess who the best driver was last year? <laughs> was it me, Russell? Oh, it's Max Verstappen. It's uh, the same argument, one over. Best team was Red Bull. Worst driver last year. Want to guess on that one? We loved to pile on this guy. He's not with us Latifi. anymore. Latifi. Yeah. 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 Do you know who he had his worst team last year? Uh, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tori. Oh, a rookie year was Zhao because Zhao was the only rookie. (laughs) Yeah, Alfa Romeo. Oh, Alfa Romeo. Sorry, sorry. sorry. So the only reason I bring that up and the reason I was going to do this as we went because I do think there's a piece that's that's important to this. We had for most disappointing driver last year, yes, Hamilton. Wait, hold on. We didn't talk about most improved. But this is why I was going to nominate Lewis Hamilton. For most improved because it's improved on what it's his whole career or on last season. And for me, Lewis made a huge recovery from the worst season of his career last year. If that's the metric we go with, the question is improved from what? And for me, it was going to be Lewis Hamilton most improved this season. When, when you look at how his, I mean, literally he's third in the, in the driver's championship last year, I believe he finished six or lower. Like he had a miserable time last year. Couldn't get that car to work for him at all. This year, much improved right through the season, much more consistent all the way through the season. Outperforms his teammate. Remember last year, Russell Russell beat him in the, in the driver's standing, which was embarrassing for the fact that he was the first time he'd driven for Mercedes. So for me, I was, I was going to nominate Lewis for this, but I also had Lando down there. I agree. I think that that's a huge part of the story for Lando is the way that this season was really like a, hey, welcome to the top of the table. But what do you yeah. want to go with that? I, I mean, I want to give it to Lando. Yeah, you didn't see me. Didn't you didn't see think, that coming. Though. I didn't even think about Hamilton. I know, like he's always been up there. So like you give him one off season. He had he had one bad year, but he improved. So it's tricky. It's like what's the metric, right? But I yeah. agree. Lando Norris is there. I'm going to give it to Lando with you. I just had to make my case for Lewis. No, because I, I also yeah, felt yeah. like we have to use our own uh, history of of these awards as, as some level of it. So Lando yeah. Norris is our winner of most improved driver. Congratulations, Lando Norris. The trophies in the mail. Um, all right. 
uh, most improved team. Okay, so I did this backwards. I should have given the most improved team award to Landon Norris and McLaren based off of my argument earlier. Right. Um, because I'm giving most improved team to Williams. That's a fair argument. I, I, I can they see that. only got all their points from one driver. guy. No, for sure. For sure. But as a team, as a team that has been perennially at the bottom to not be there and literally climbing the table and yeah. in, in, in what James Vowles is doing there, definitely improve. I, w- I would see that. My argument was going to be McLaren because of how big a step forward they took. But I, agree, I, think, I would agree with that too. Yeah. I, I think I, I am happy to give it to uh, Williams considering um, how that went. I, I, well, they're I, constantly but, down like nine, 10 and I like know. halfway through, even halfway through the season, I remember there was a point where both of us said, I think Williams is going to get P7. Yeah, I agree. And I remember us saying that the other one on my list was going to be Aston Martin, but they had such a bad second half of the year. I don't think that it, you yeah. get there, but the, if, if we only had gone before the winter break or the summer break, pardon me, yeah. like they had a fantastic start <laughs> and then well, based just off your log- keep it. Based off your logic, you could give most improved to Alonso. If you're for driver too, your, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, using your Hamilton, uh, but see, theory. that's the, the challenge. There is there's an extra uh, factor you have to take in, which is the fact that he went from a bad team to a better team uh, in terms of performance. Did like they, the car yeah. got better underneath him too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. Aston Martin also, was like, better. I'm worried. Like just a sidebar, I'm worried about Alpine. Like they've the Renault engine. They had a deal in like 2021 that the FIA FIA went back on. And now there's like a 33 horsepower gap on those engines between yep. Honda, Ferrari, Mercedes, and, and the Renault engine. And they've spent all their money just doing aerodynamic tweaks. So they're not going to, they've already said, we're not spending any more money on our engine until 2026. Like, I'm very, very worried about this Alpine team. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. We'll see how it goes. And my guy's there. My guy's I there. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. How about most disappointing driver? Sergio so this is, this is about, yeah, this is about expectation meeting results, right? So you would like to nominate Sergio Perez. That's fair. Two early wins, Jeddah yeah. and Baku. We all had high expectations for, for Sergio Perez fighting off Verstappen for like maybe first place. And that disappointment alone is like, mm-hmm. I, like, and yet he still finishes second. So there's something but to be said for thought, that. But man, did you do you not remember that it was like we thought it, there'd thought be a fight? That, yeah, there'd yeah. be a fight. Yeah, it was exciting, and I was rooting for Checo. I was gonna go. I was gonna go with Logan Sargent because he disappointed me, but I don't think that really matters. Yeah, could also go with DeVries. That was pretty disappointing, but we've already given him worse driver. I don't think. Yeah. I feel like this would be a consolation at that point. All right, we'll go with Checo Perez, most disappointing driver of the year, uh, most disappointing team. Who are you nominating? I have Alpha Tori. They had a pretty, pretty rough year from where they had been, from where they yeah. had been as a team. They did. I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, I did not go Alpha Tori. Um, I went Aston Martin. That's a, that's a good argument. The challenge again is it's not the whole season. They had a great start, but they fell off halfway through. You're absolutely if, right. If Stroll could have just had the same first half. Yeah. Um, that Alonzo did, did yeah. the team probably instead of finishing sixth, they probably finished fourth. All right. I will concede that one to you. I think that's a fair argument. We'll go with Aston Martin. I like to spread it out too, giving so everybody some love. Instead of finishing fifth, they would have finished fourth. That's there you go. Uh, all right. Here's a fun one. 
Who do, what do you have for best race of the year? I'm assuming we're both going to guess the same one. Maybe I have two actually. Oh, I, I have, have two on my list. Well. I've oh, got do a you? Up okay. As well, well yeah. what? Who do you have in, in the in the pole position there? Singapore. Yeah, the only race that. Okay, Verstappen this is over. We don't have to argue. I know. Okay, great, perfect. He's the one. The one we talked about. <laughs> what was earlier. your runner-up? Can I guess what your runner-up was? Yeah. Was your runner-up Vegas? It fucking was. Woo! All right. <laughs> I love that. At least on a few things, you and I see eye to eye. This is great. <laughs> Can't agree on the qualifications for best driver, but we can go with the best race. Love it. Uh, no more discussion necessary. Singapore, you are the best race of the twenty twenty three season. Worst race. Let's see how we go on this one. You want me to go first? You want to go first? Yeah, you go first on this one. Hungarian Grand Prix. And we're done. Perfect. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We 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 definitely see eye to eye on the quality of race. Well, I mean, like, so, come on. Hamilton it was brutal. Had it was brutal. It was brutal. First turn was passed over by Verstappen. Yeah, Never. Only sixteen overtakes in that whole race. The yeah. year before, there was sixty-one. I know. That's brutal. insane. Yeah. All right. This one is a weird one, and I'm curious to see what you've got for it. Biggest off track story of the year. I would also, sorry, I've been, I keep neglecting to do this really quickly. Best race last year we had was Brazil. Worst race last year we had was Miami. Most disappointing team last year we had was Ferrari. Uh, Biggest off track event last year we had was the whole Twitter Alpine Oscar Piastri drama, which was great. Okay. So uh, that's the, that's it for recapping the, the biggest off track story for you this season was what? the impending failure of vegas interesting that might just be because it was so new and refreshed like in my mind as we started thinking yeah about yeah, this, yeah, but yeah 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 from going from this race is gonna be the best thing in the world yeah. to three months of this is the worst thing that's ever happened to the united states of america um to then becoming runner-up for race of the year yeah to me this is like the biggest off tracks because we didn't get many driver drama we nope. don't get much um, teams changing uh, drivers. It's just it to me. It's like oh, we I, we talked about it last week. If you, if anyone wants to know how we feel about it and how yeah. people gave up on it so early, you can tune into last week. Okay, so that's good, and I think I will probably lean to that with you. I didn't actually have that one. I had I had another one, and then kind of a side one. I struggled a little bit with this too because we didn't have like an obvious big like incident like last year um i i was curious to dig a little bit more into like this whole but this is weird it feels like this is a story actually that hasn't broke yet like we're waiting for the shoot the other shoe to drop on this whole andretti motors thing which is coming but it's not really a story yet like it's it's something but i want to go back to silverstone and the circus that is this brad pitt movie and all oh, of God, the drama that surrounded I that. Get on board. I can get on board with the fact that we're, oh, we're adding another team. And they're going to be in the race. It's like, no, they're not. Relax. No, this isn't happening. All yeah. of the storylines around that for me were hilarious. For me, that was one of the most bizarre and biggest off track stories of the year. I can be swayed towards you on this one because that was ridiculous. That was two weeks of like, what is going on? Totally. And then we're, we're probably all going to see this movie and be like, this is garbage. <laughs> but we'll wait, we'll wait and see. But we're film, like we're kind of film nerds. So we're going to look at the, the camera angles and stuff and what they did with the car and be like, that was amazing. The story is yeah. going to be bullshit. It's more for me. The minute they t- they start telling you that we're using the actual guys on the grid as the other competitors in a narrative yeah. about racing, I'm, I might be out already. <laughs> like, I don't think, I'm sorry, like 
Pierre Gasly is a pretty charismatic guy. He is not like Hollywood actor material here. No, we could go back to the Vegas race and just have Perez being introduced. Like, where do I have to go? What's, he, what's he deserves his own award for that. Bruce Buffer just yelling in his face. Fantastic. <laughs> Two inches. Keep moving, buddy. Keep moving. (laughs) All right. Biggest off track story of the year goes to Brad Pitt and his movie. Yeah, I'm into it. All right, Tyler. This is the big kahuna. Uh, Who is our people's champ? This is man of the year. This isn't best driver, but this is like the overall who, who really was, you know, driver of the season. I don't know if you and I are people's champ. We probably won't. But I'm okay with that. We can we can debate it and figure it out. I have Fernando Alonso. Interesting. He came out yesterday and said that this is the second best season he's ever had. Yeah. And I tend to agree with him. Like he finished fourth in driver standings behind Verstappen Perez, who have the best car. And then Mercedes and Hamilton, maybe the greatest of all time. And then it's Alonso. And then behind him. Ferrari McLaren, Ferrari Mercedes McLaren. Like that, that is, it's insane. If you think about it, like really think about it. He kept that car mm-hmm. when it was the second half of the season, when there's no business of that car being the points, he continuously was, was earning points. Like, I think that this was, he also kept it exciting for us. When well, there was a weekend, there was a weekend season. there where we were all convinced he was dating Taylor Swift. That's also Remember true. that yeah. storyline? I don't, but I do now that you brought it up. Like, oh, remember, I mean. he like, was this... like, some, there was some, somebody started it on Twitter. Oh, well, oh, ha, has anyone ever seen Taylor Swift and Alonzo at the same time together? No, but we've never seen them in, you know, the same city. It could be, if they could be dating. And then, of course, it turns out it's really the Travis Kelsey story that's going to erupt. But we had like a weekend yeah. there in June so where everyone, there, that rumor was going. So he definitely had a pretty, uh, you know, busy viral year. I, yeah. I, 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 I like this. Plus, he like remember when it was it was just Verstappen every weekend. But we were talking about Alonso did this, Alonso did that, Alonso's up here, Alonso's doing this. Strolls at the bottom. His teammates yeah. not doing anything. Like that to me, that that kept this half of the season alive. Because again, the casual fan is leaving. Yeah. The casual fan is done with Drive to Survive. So yeah. it's the people that are listening to this. It's the actual people that want to just keep watching, yeah, um, and understand the sport that are are going to appreciate that type of performance. And I, I mean, I think Alonzo kept us all in it, but then the second half of the year, it kind of transferred over to Lando, but that was maybe where I think you're going with it. So I have, I have two, one that is somewhat, I I was worried this episode wouldn't be very funny. So I had one in here that was just for comic relief. I feel like we've done a pretty good job keeping it light and we haven't gotten into too many arguments, but I'll give it to you anyway. I was going to give it to Bernie Collins. I thought she was definitely the people's okay. champ. I actually agree with you. She was like, she was okay. Let's just go to off like the off. We, I hate the directors. I hate the production. Okay. Okay. I hate the announcers. Bernie Collins was literally anytime she talked, I was like, everyone shut the fuck up. I have to hear what she has to say. Okay. So here's, we, you, you, you we just created an award. We will add this to our annual awards for F1 pundit or broadcaster of the year. Yeah. And Bernie Collins can be the inaugural winner. Uh, yeah. Close, closely followed up by perennial favorite. Um, uh, what's his name? Shit, Martin Brundle on the oh, on those on pit walks, which are Ugh. always hilarious. Um, but no, I agree with you. Bernie Collins can win our our media personality of the year. Done. We've got. Look at that. This is this is good. We're collaborating here there on these awards. <laughs> Bernie Collins, congratulations. And I was going to go with Lando Norris, and I was going to give you a fun. 
a, a, a fun it. additional statistic as to why. why no one won driver of the day more this season for us voting than lando norris lando norris now there's a small asterisk because one week we gave it to both he and piastri which makes this complicated but okay. we gave it to both mclaren drivers one weekend uh but he won it individually five times okay so he is the most voted for driver of the day so for Who's me up? for driver of the day yeah actually it was lewis okay I mean, yeah, that actually makes sense going back to the races. Like, you exactly. just want him to do well. third. Third behind him was, uh, um, it was actually a tie, and this is a weird tie. We had uh, Leclerc, Signs, and Yuki Sonoda all How won many? it three times. Do you have them all in front of you? No, I only had some of them pulled, but I can get them okay. all for you. Well, I'm just I'll wondering now that, like, now that I've chose Alonzo as man of the year, like, how many times did he? One. One. Yeah, I did check on him. Yeah. But he actually had a lot of overtakes. <laughs> so yeah. there's a different stat for you. And I and I didn't pull those numbers. Would you like to know who the worst driver of the season was based on our numbers? Can you guess who like he gave it to the like most? I feel like it's going to be Sargent, but at the same time, I think there's a, a curveball coming. Oh, it actually, I, I would say it. Magnuson? No, no. It was it was Perez. Perez won at the most. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes he had a lot sense. of bad weekends. Yeah, he's supposed to be like, yeah, yeah. he yeah, had a lot of that. really bad weekends. So it's good you gave him most disappointing driver. I think that that's fair. You can't give him worse driver because he's not worse than Nick DeVries, yeah. but well, he had a lot of disappointing weekends. Yeah, I, I believe you. I uh, my vote therefore would be Lando Norris for Person of the Year, player or the People's Champion. We called it. I knew you were going there. So I we're, don't disagree. I don't. Disagree. So how do we come down on that one? You you want to concede Alonzo to Norris? The thing is this. Here's what's ironic about it. One of these guys had a great start to the year on track. The other guy had a great second half of the year on track. Why don't we do that? Split it in, in halves. It's First half man of the year, Alonzo. Oh, second half man of the year, Lando. All right. All right. It's a. I'm okay a, with that. If you're okay with that. Where's my compromise to end the year? We can't have ties. Um, it's like kissing your sister. Um, we'll we'll yes. ask the FIA. Let's see what the FIA has. Oh yeah, to say. yeah. We'll see how that goes. We won't hear <laughs> back. For, we will be done this. We will be done this podcast for about several hours before they finally give us a result. Okay. One last thing. If I have to say anything this year, I was so angry when they said Hamilton and Gasly are being investigated for pit lane infringements at this last race in Abu Dhabi, and then they said they're going to be. Uh, the decision we made after the race. I'm like, there is an hour and a half or whatever left in this race. Tell us now because Figure it it's out. insane. Um, yeah. And it ended up just being um, helmet visors on the pit crew people. It oh. was like eight, eight different teams had that problem, but man, I let's just, I hate the FIA most disappointing part of the season. There you go. All right. That, that wraps up our awards. I will really quickly recap for you. Uh, for those who are keeping score at home, rookie of the year, we gave to Oscar Piastri, best driver, Max Verstappen, worst driver, Nick DeVries, best team, Red Bull, worst team, Haas, most improved driver, Lando Norris, uh, most improved team, Williams, most disappointing driver, Perez, most disappointing team, Aston Martin, best race, Singapore, worst race, Hungary, Biggest off-track story went to the Brad Pitt movie. The People's Champ is a tie between Lando Norris and Alonzo. And our media personality of the year is Bernie Collins. Well done, Tyler. I feel that was very successful. That's good. Um, 
we're we're here we're, we're, we're i mean we're done we're like we're, we've, we've finished we've done everything we could possibly do except for one thing which is to very quickly look ahead at some of what we have to look forward to february 29th that is the date you need to circle in your calendar that is the next time formula one cars will take to a track competitively now we will obviously have winter testing before that that's the first time we really get a a look at what these cars look like um but that that the 29th through the 2nd of march that weekend is the bahrain grand prix at sakar uh let's just really quickly look at the schedule because there's some interesting pieces there they go from bahrain to saudi arabia to australia back to japan at suzuka and then here's a fun one we go back to china for the first time in a very long time at shanghai that race got canceled this year too didn't it it did before the season started that's correct uh, then to uh, Miami, Imola, Monaco, Montreal, Barcelona, uh, Austria, uh, the Austrian Grand Prix at Spielberg, um, the British Grand Prix at Silverstone, Hungary, Belgium, the Dutch Grand Prix, the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, Azerbaijan, Singapore. And then we go to Austin, Mexico, Brazil, the good old uh, three as you go down through the Americas and then we come back up for Vegas. Here's the big difference. It is not the penultimate race next season. They will go to Qatar second to last and finish off in everybody's least favorite race at Abu Dhabi. Uh, it's another busy, busy year coming. Um, we know that there will be some form of uh, preseason testing that has not yet been uh, announced as to exactly where or when, but probably Bahrain or Barcelona. That's where they tend to usually do it. Here's the big question, Mark. We know who's driving for every team except for one. Williams, will Logan Sargent be their second driver or not? Do you want to take a prediction? Yes. Okay. And there you go. We know a couple other think, things. Do you think it will be? Uh, yeah, I think I think they'll give him one more. Yeah, I think, I think they will. They will. Um, but I think that's a short leash. I think that's I a agree. team that's ready to make a move if they need to. Uh, really quickly, there's a couple name changes coming for you. So you can be prepared for that. We have seen the last of Alpha Tori. They will go to a new name. Apparently racing bulls has been trademarked, but that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, so I, I got some beef actually with this last race too, because the reason Alpha Tori, maybe this is a conspiracy theory did so well. (laughs) This race is that they came with a new floor. That is it seems very similar to the Red Bull floor. Yeah. Um, so it seems like they tried to get that seventh spot back, and Red Bull said, Here's all our secrets. You guys are gonna be us next year, anyways. So just go ahead and switch all this stuff the last race. That's Didn't work, but they do. Political talking point. Totally. They we have also seen the last of the Alpha Romeo branding. So they will return to the Sauba branding, which is their core principal team. And then a year from now, uh, we will see Audi on the on the track as they will take over that branding um so that's there there that's what you have it the 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 driver lineup is set it's everybody returning pretty much exactly as they were at the end of this season with the exception of whether or not logan Sargent is there um no other real changes which is a huge difference from last year we had a whole yeah. bunch of driver changes um so there's some continuity which would be good for them um i guess as we wrap this one up and, and kind of go into it, Tyler, for you, like, what do you hope for and what are you looking to see uh, next season that, you know, we didn't, I, guess, I just want to see somebody. I just want to see somebody even the gap with Red Bull. That's all I want to see. I'm sick of this 18 out of 22 races or whatever that Verstappen wins. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for anything really. 
because he sucks. I don't like him. You don't like so, him. A lot of people don't like him. That's fair. And I think we will see that. I have high expectations for McLaren, Mercedes, and Ferrari all to take steps forward. I hope that they have learned a lot of things. And as we've seen the gap close this season, you have to hope that that's there now. Obviously, as I said, Red Bull stopped developing this car in August, so they've got a head start yeah. again. Yeah. But, you know, at some point with all regulation major shifts, there's always been kind of an evening of the field. And hopefully that can come sooner rather than later. Here's what I am looking forward to or hoping for. And I have a glimmer of hope that it may actually happen. I would love to see them fix and or get rid of the current sprint race format. That for me was a black yeah. eye on the season. It was dumb. It was a regression from what was kind of a cool thing when it came to sprint weekends. Um, and it just needs to be fixed. Apparently, there are meetings scheduled in January to discuss the future of the sprint race. And let's hope that there are some constructive conversations in those meetings. And as we go into next year, they make them better. We got lots of suggestions. They should call us. We had lots of suggestions all year. They just listen to this podcast. Pick anyone you want. They were all great. Every single one of them was perfect compared to what you're doing. No flaws. No flaws. Do you have any, what's your hot take for next year right now before we end this episode? Uh, Sergio Perez does not race for Red Bull the whole season. Ooh, it goes to Ricciardo? Uh, maybe, yeah. Or Liam so Lawson. You talked about Liam Lawson would be a good one. I, it's, no, I would love to gonna... see Liam Lawson in the car next year. That'd be awesome. That would be But good. you mentioned Red Bull had not upgraded this car since August. Williams didn't upgrade their car since race eight in Canada and put oh, yeah. their full focus on the 2024 oh, yeah. car. James Walls is to ready do, to go. Yeah, look for Williams next year. Look out for Williams. Well, I know one change they will already make because uh, Albon made a very funny joke about it on the pre-race interview. They were talking about, we we talked a couple of weeks ago about steering wheel inputs. Oh, yeah, I said steering wheel. Did you see this one already? They were talking about the the on-screen, uh, like the, the heads-up display on the wheels and all of the information that's on there. And if you haven't already been aware, Red, Williams is the only one that doesn't have it on the steering wheel. It's actually on the dash and the wheel yeah. gets in the way of it. And Albon's like, yeah, that that's going to change. <laughs> they all hate it. They all hate it. <laughs> they did it apparently because they wanted to reduce the weight of the steering wheel which to me what? just is such a what? like the, the, yeah the screen weighs the same whether it's attached to the dash or just attached to the steering wheel yeah, doesn't it, it no so sense at all. it isn't affecting anybody else and it's clearly not giving you an advantage yeah <laughs> that's funny. uh what's your then bold prediction here that's it williams watch out for williams p7 okay. moving up maybe p5 all right i like that all, all right tyler that is our little show for this week and for this season. Uh, thank you. Um, pat on the back for us. Little pat, little pat yes, little back. pat on the back. Thank you very much. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, big pat on the back to all of you out there who have taken uh, a little bit of time out of your Tuesday and sometimes Wednesdays to listen to this little show. Uh, <laughs> this one's most importantly, Thursday. yeah. Most importantly, for all the feedback and thank you for all of the questions, that has been really, really fun to introduce to this season. Uh, it made it fun for us. I know Tyler really loves when I just spring them on him, um, but keep them coming through the off season. If we get enough of them, maybe we'll do like an off season mailbag qu- episode, but probably not. And then if, but we can, we, 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 we'll, we'll start the, like the backlog into next season with any of your F1 questions. So please do that. As always, really, really appreciate you listening. Uh, tell a friend about it. Subscribe. And we will be back in uh, the beginning of March with a new episode. In the meantime, though, Tyler, if they don't want to stop listening to your dulcet tones every single week, Thursdays they can listen to Running Down the Clock. You and Puya still breaking down uh, football and national football. 
So if there's some crossover there, some Formula One and football fans, we know you're out there. We got or two good comedy. shows for you. We just transfer just you over. Comedy. Yes, yes. That's what you call it on that show. Comedy. I, I mean, I think I'm funny, but yes, I don't know. It's a subjective thing. Well, we'll now have a bunch of listeners who can tune in and give us feedback on that. You can send us mailbag questions about his show on this one too, if you want. <laughs> Maybe that's what the off season can be. Um, anyway, again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it for uh, both Tyler and myself. That was uh, the 2023 season for the Pit Stop Podcast. You're not going to say keep it on the road for the last time? Nah. All right. Well, take it off the road for three months and then keep it on the road again. Pit Stop Podcast is a presentation of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.